Welcome to the Teacher of Peace podcast. I'm Amy Cribbs, your Teacher of Peace, coming to you live from the banks of the Turnip Town Creek in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Georgia. I'm going to be talking to you today about balancing identities. Um, the name of this podcast is Forget the Melting Pot. Let's have a salad. And I wish I could claim that analogy um as my own making, but I can't. And I also can't remember where exactly it came from, but I think it's a perfect image to set up this episode and explain what I'd like to say. Um, So like I said, I'm going to be talking about balancing identities, which is a concept that came to me from my work in... um, classwork in multicultural education. Um, One of the books we studied was Educating Citizens in a Multicultural Society by James A. Banks. And a lot of what I'm going to say today is inspired by him and what I read. Um, It's something worth checking out. He's kind of the expert on diversity in education. Um, He is a professor at Washington State um, and, and has just done a lot of work for the government. And is just a, a prolific writer and experienced educator in this field. Um, so, without further ado, um, balancing identities, and let me talk about what I mean by forgetting the melty pot. Let's have a salad. So. I'm from the era that I grew up watching cartoons on Saturday mornings and learning about American history through Schoolhouse Rock. And I can remember a song about the melting pot. And uh, I'm not sure how long that that image has been around. Surely it wasn't invented by the Schoolhouse Rock folks. Um, But it's one that persists to this day. And I think it's something that maybe we need to reconsider. And I think with so, so many things, Um, The image is one that's created with good intentions, but I think what we need to think about is that thinking of America as a melting pot implies that when we all come together, we kind of melt and lose our individuality. And and I don't I don't think that's how it was intended. I think the idea was that we come together to make something even more magnificent and, and wonderful than we are on our own. But I'd like you to kind of start thinking about a salad instead. Um, a salad is something that's made up of a lot of different components, um, but each one retains its own individual flavor and it's the combination of those they don't um, get heated up and melted together nothing loses its own identity which might be why um, some of my family members don't like salad too much because you can still tell there's vegetables in there but at any point um, I want you to kind of think of that as we go through this talk about balancing identities um Another thing I want to say is that this podcast actually started as a book. Um, It's something I've been working on for a couple of years, if not a lifetime. There have been a few different incarnations of it. And the bottom line is I'm not disciplined enough to get it finished with this haste with which I think my message needs to be heard. Um, And the reason I'm saying this is that I'm realizing that 
the podcast might not stand alone. That, um, you know, if you start listening here on the third podcast, it is probably worth your while to go back because everything is building on each other. And I really do have a plan, a, a pretty long, extensive plan, actually, of the different topics I'm going to hit along the way as I tell the story. So keep that in mind. Um, so I'm going to be kind of building on a few of the concepts that I mentioned in my first two podcasts. But I do want to revisit my perspective because I think that's hugely important throughout all of these messages, but especially with this one. Um, I'm a 47-year-old middle-class white woman. I've been an educator for 20 years. For the last 13 years, I have lived in a very small town of about 30,000 folks in rural North Georgia. Um, Before that, I lived in a very crowded suburb of Atlanta. Um, But then I've also lived in other areas of the United States, including Kentucky, Chicago suburbs, and South Carolina. And throughout all those experiences, I've lived with a whole lot of diversity, but I've also lived with a lot of different kinds of diversity. Um, One thing as I reflect upon it, um, there have been times in my life where I've lived in areas where there were... um, different peoples of color, lots of of different shades of brown and and white, but maybe not a lot of different religions or different um, languages spoken. Um, However, there was a period of my life where I lived in a neighborhood um, that was mostly Jewish, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of color diversity. Um, and, And so, it's interesting that we say diversity, but then a lot of times what we're talking about is really just the other, um, and, and there's just no other other word. Um, but what I can say is in the um, last few years leading up to the time that I, I moved to rural America, I actually lived in what I think was absolute complete diversity. I taught at an elementary school with over 1,200 students, um, and then it was in a suburb that of Atlanta that really was truly diverse. We had a um, huge population of speakers of other languages, but um, we had over 50 languages spoken at our school. Uh, I lived in the neighborhood where I taught, And it's interesting to point out that on my drive to school, which was only like two miles, I passed two mosques, um, a Hindu mandir, um, a Bosnian Orthodox church. And then our school was also across from the largest Christian private school in the Atlanta area. So there was true diversity where I was living before I came to rural America. And I want to point out something really important that I take away from that, that never in those years did I ever feel out of place or threatened. Um, I really felt nothing but a common bond between us. It was never, you're from a different culture than I am and you need to take my views. No. I mean, we were all working together. And, And that's important. I think that's a piece I really want everyone to take away from this is that with multiple identities and multiple cultures, there's a level of threat, and and we need to stop buying into the notion that other cultures are threatening. and, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So an interesting thing is when I moved to the um, 
to rural America, and I do want to point out that that was a choice. Um, my husband and I are both educators, and we decided that um, we wanted to live in a smaller town. Um, we're both kind of granola, nature-y kind of people. We wanted to be closer to nature. We didn't like traffic. Um, some things were falling through with the sa- sale of our house, and we just decided it, it was a message from above to try something new. So we did make that conscious decision to live a slower lifestyle. Um, But I have to confess, because I had never lived in a small town, I expected, I knew that there would not be as much diversity as in in the town I had, had been coming from. But I really expected a smaller version of what I was already in. I was really not prepared for um, the homogeneity uh, of the uh, town that I was moving to. Um, And honestly, it was a shock uh, to begin with. And, And it is something I have to confess that I have... I miss, and it makes me um, want to move back to the busy suburbs and be back in that traffic because I, I just love the diversity that I experienced uh, of diversity of culture, diversity of thought. I mean, just the whole gamut. Um, so anyway, and I'm not saying that to criticize the culture I'm in now because I, I chose this one and I'm still here. I've been here for 13 years, um, but I have to say it's different. I look out and see faces that are similar to mine. Um, we do have a large Latino Hispanic co- uh, population here. Um, but there's not much diversity of religion and in fact, not even of um Obviously, most folks are Christian, but not only that, but most are Southern Baptists. There's not even diversity within within the Protestant range. Um, so it, it, it is different. So I, I guess I'm, I'm just really trying to make clear and, and transparent my point of view, and it's what makes me be motivated to even think about these things. And it's the fact that I've lived in both kind of places and then other other places as well. So let me go back to James A. Banks and give him um, credit uh, for what I want to talk about. Um, he points out that each one of us is balancing multiple identities. And I, I totally agree with that. And that it's not an easy task. I actually tried to do some reading to pull in some quotes, and the more I read about identity, um, the more confusing it got, to be honest, and I don't want to try to be an expert about something I'm not, so I encourage you to look into that. Um, the big thing with identity is it's a very complex issue, um, but his point, um, and, and remember that his writing was done for educators and to help educators understand how to be as effective as possible, um, I think relates to just humanity in general. And that is, is that we've got to find a way to balance the identities that we each possess because we don't just have one identity. We have multiple identities and we need to create a culture where all those can coexist. Um, And so he describes our identities as three separate thing well separate but they they kind of there's an interplay so I want you to imagine if you could this is the part we're doing a podcast is a little tricky because I can't pull up an image Um, imagine I guess the target logo the red and white logo imagine three concentric circles 
Those are three separate kinds of identities. And in the middle circle, at the core of you and me, all of us, is our cultural identity. And then on the circle on the outside of that is our national identity. And this is something that we each carry with us. And then on the outside of that, the largest circle is our global identity, the the degree to which we uh, identify with being a citizen of the world. And for each one of us, it is a little bit different. And as I said, as I went to read more about cultural identity, it is so complex. So many different things can figure into your cultural identity. It can be more fixed things like your ethnicity or your religion, but it can also be less permanent things like um, something I gave the example. Think of biker culture, people who ride motorcycles. There's a distinct culture that... um, those folks identify with, and, and I don't, so that's why I'm saying it that way. But but you can think of all kinds of things like that. Like, I guess I'm thinking of, I have a lot of friends who are musicians, and I think there's a definite culture around musicians and artists. Um, but then there are, are other pieces of culture that come into play that have to do with our ethnicity or um, all types of things. So many different things can factor into that, and I think it's also always kind of changing over time. An interesting thing also to keep in mind is that pretty much all of us have a really diverse um, cultural background. There's very few of us who who have a lineage that um, has stayed with one ethnicity over time, that we're all this great mix of, of different stuff. Um, I'm actually Cajun, Quaker, Lutheran, Swedish, I mean, just all kinds of craziness mixed together, and I think that's what makes it perfect. Um, but at any point, so we have our, at our core our cultural identity, and it can be factored in by so many different things. Um, but Banks would say that these identities are developmental, so that you can't have a healthy national identity until you have a healthy cultural identity. And then the same will go for the next level. You can't have a healthy global identity until you have a healthy national identity. And I think that's important and and says a lot about what's going on right now. I think that that's the most important thing I can point out is that we have to accept that our cultural identity and our national identity can be different. That, um, that you can have a really different culture from somebody a few states away, but still share a very similar national identity. And, and we've got to understand that, that they are separate pieces that play together, but they can be different um, and work together. Um, I think it is important for us to understand that um, our national identity might be something that is not as specific as some of us want it to be. For example, I would say our nation is defined by a very fierce sense of individualism and personal freedom, and so would my dog Jack. That's what he's sharing right now. 
Um, so for all for authenticity, I am not only on the banks of a creek, but I am recording in a little cabin that is wide open. So I'm in a loft right now. So if my dog decides to bark or um, my husband slams the door and comes home, I can't stop this. So anyway, no fancy studios for me. Um, so that was just Jack piping in here. But that we have this like limited understanding of other nations like what came to mind i'm not really sure why was was thinking of italian culture if i say think of italy think of italian people you probably have these images and a lot of them are related to food um you might think that everybody in italy is catholic um we have this idea that that Italian culture is one way. And I think, first of all, we need to realize that if you went to Italy, if you spoke to somebody's Italian, they would completely disagree with you. That it's real easy when you're an outsider looking in to say, everybody from that nation has this really strong, cohesive identity. They're all alike. And that's the problem with America, that we're all so different. How can we make this work? First of all, we need to get over that and realize that that it's easy to look at, at people and package them, like I've said before, but that's not um, accurate. That if you went and got to know Italian culture, that, that it's just like any other, that there, there are all kinds of differences. Um, and there's absolutely no reason I picked Italian, so I, I'm not sure why that popped into mind. The other thing is I want to point out that we just thrive on this mythology of mutual exclusivity that we have this idea with so many different things that two things can't exist at the same time it's either this or that and you know we feel it with all different kind of things um and, and that's really limiting us. And we need to realize that you can have a really strong cultural identity and identify maybe with your um, your place of origin, you know, that I, I, I do really identify with the Cajun culture because it's just so darn fun and crazy. Um, but I'm sure that there are some things about it that, that I, I would not like. But but any point that you can have this very strong cultural identity, but at the same time be 100% American and have a strong national identity as well. Um, we need to know that, that two things can happen at once. The moment you say black lives matter, you're not saying that police lives don't. Everybody does. Um, and, and we've got to stop seeing this as one or the other and stop listening to the folks that are building this up in us and, and are doing it for personal gain, not, not to build um, a nation, um, a culture. So anyway, so those are two things that we, we need to, uh, to think about. So anyway, my point is that I feel like we need to listen to what Banks says about balancing these identities, that we need to each be able to have our, our fierce individualism, that you know, we need to be able to be proud 
not nationalist, but proud of our roots and, and identify that. That's, that good, bad, or ugly, that made us each who we are. And we need to be able to call that as our own. But at the same time, we need to see the bigger picture and say, you know, it is entirely possible to pray a different way than I do, to eat a bunch of food I would never want to put in my mouth, but to really be living the same kind of life with the same love for family, the same commitment to being the best person you can be and widen our idea of that. Um, So I want to close with a Toni Morrison quote. Toni Morrison passed away last week and um, as a writer she had a huge influence on me. The first time I read one of her novels was as a freshman in college and it was the first time um, I really I know she's identified so strongly with her voice as an African-American woman, but as a woman, it was just so refreshing and different to, to read her writing. Um, but she has a quote uh, about one of her novels, Tar Baby, that really struck me uh, about identity. Because the thing I want to leave you with is, is that identity is hugely, hugely complex and changing, um, and and we need, I think, to allow it to be complex. We need to stop trying to reduce it. We need to to accept that you can have a bunch of different things going on at the same time, and and, and it works. Um, so this is what Toni Morrison said in relation to her novel Tar Baby. In Tar Baby, the classic concept of the individual with a solid, coherent identity is eschewed for a model of identity which sees the individual as a kaleidoscope of heterogeneous impulses and desires constructed from multiple forms of interaction with the world as a play of difference that cannot be completely comprehended. And I want to leave you with that thought that none of us can be completely comprehended. And I think that that's okay. And we need to make that okay. Um, We need to end the mythology of mutual exclusivity, if I can even say that, Um, and, and allow ourselves to be the complex individuals we are, but with that shared love for personal freedom and, and, um, making this country the land of promise that has always been. I hope you have a good week. I will look forward to speaking with you next week. And um, Jack's still here, my dog, and I'm sure he'll be here next week too. Um, And again, please, if you find any truth to what I'm saying, please help me share. This is not a business. I am not going to bring on advertisers. Um, I'm committed to a year of this, and I'm going to keep trying, even if only five people are listening to the podcast, because I believe this message is that important. You know, if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, things like that, to help get the word out, that would be fantastic. I am also continuing to fold my origami cranes for peace. I have reached 190, and most of those are out in the world, but I'm going to start sending some more out this week. So please, uh, that's another little fun thing you can do to help get the message out there. Have a great week. And have a great time being your complex self.